Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Border Sports Podcast. I'm Michael Williams here with my co-host, Michael Kano. What's up, buddy? What's going on, Mike Williams? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Episode five. Here we are. Border Sports Podcast. We're still going. That's right. Yeah, the Border Sports Pro- Podcast is brought to you by the Plumley Real Estate Group, the official sponsor of the Border Sports Podcast. The Plumley Real Estate Group is brokered by Keller Williams of Amarillo. That's right. All right. What do we got coming up today, man? So we got a lot of things going on. We're going to review a great week in sports. We're going to talk a little bit about some tennis, cross-country, golf. We're going to review the Borger and La Mesa game. Mm -hmm. We are going to give a brief look at the upcoming Borger and Bushland football game. And then we're going to be announcing the winner of the hardest-hitting bulldog of all time, top dog in the yard, toughest dog in the yard. Yeah, we got a lot of votes. So, we did get a lot of votes. Yeah, it was good. And we have a victor. We got more, more than I thought we were going to get. I was, I was happy about that. Yeah, it was a little slow at first. And I think mm-hmm. once people started seeing like, okay. Oh, yeah. This weekend, we had a this lot a of poll. votes come in this weekend. Yeah, a lot absolutely. Of and, and of course, it's attached to my email address. So every time somebody votes, I'm getting a notification. My phone was just blowing up. It's kind of like my kids doing their homework. It's always the night before. Yeah. <laughs> they always wait. They always wait till the end. It's like, I'm trying to sleep. You people are up voting right now. <laughs> right. It was good. It was good, though. All right, so we got the rundown coming up. <clears throat> All right, let's get started on it. Let's get started with some volleyball action in the rundown. We are going back to last Tuesday um, in a matchup that I was looking very forward to. It was Dalhart at Dalhart at home. We had lost to them twice previously. It's a very good squad, that Dalhart squad. They are scrappy in volleyball. And the Lady Bulldogs came out from the beginning, fired up, playing as a team, and they got revenge from those previous two losses, demolished Dalhart in three sets, 25-19, 25-17, and then um, I I can't remember what the last score was, but it was like Uh 25-something. Like They just – they took control of the entire match. Um, You could just see a difference in the way that they played that night. They were aggressive. They were – had each other's backs. They were constantly motivated. Addie Bridges came on as a freshman. I think she served like 10 straight serves at one point, just was on fire. Our student, they had a, they had a loud student section. Um, You know, I think some of their football boys showed up after their practice and stuff like (laughs) that. Our volleyball girls matched and overpowered even their student section at time. <laughs> they were fired up, and so it was a it was a great night for the Bulldogs. Really proud of Coach Sims and the girls and the way they played that night. Awesome, did a great job. Then we moved to this Saturday, which was the first varsity matchup this year in district play. Okay, and we started out with a very difficult team. The Randall Lady Raiders came mm-hmm. to Borger. They are ranked number one in the state after winning the state championship last year. Oof. So currently ranked number one in the Texas Girls Coaches Association and on Max Preps. And I got to be honest with you, they are every bit of number one. They were a tough team. We came out on the losing end of that match, um, 25-14, 25-12, and then 25-11. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jordan Gove, the the state tournament MVP, 
man, she is a player. She hits the ball hard, and uh, they're just they're really well versed. I will say this though: we didn't give up the entire time. We stuck in it. We were playing um, the best ball that we could possibly play. We were staying aggressive. We were trying to be active. You know, that's just a really good team when you're playing the number one team in the state. Yeah, we um, do. They they have those skills, and so you know that's what we desire to try to be. That's what our girls want to be, and I think mm-hmm. that's what they're working towards. Yeah, um, I was proud of their showing. I thought that they played hard. It was a great day. It was um, it was a red, white, and blue day, and so the girls got to bring like a first responder with them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was an overall really good feeling, and, and I walked away from that not feeling discouraged good. at all. Um, some of the stats that we got from that game, Emily Bridges finished off with six kills and six digs. Reality Briscoe, who is our libero, had nine digs on the day. Jordan Pettit, a sophomore playing up on varsity's three kills, two digs, and one ace. Esther Quinones had six digs and five assists. Isabella Pena had three Three digs and four assists. Katie Buchanan had two kills, two blocks, and three digs. Uh, Cooper Buchanan, not a twin, younger sister, had two kills, one block, and two digs. Addison Bridges, two blocks. Samantha Tarango, three digs. Savannah Padilla, two digs. And Brayley Richburg had two digs. Sweet. Yeah. Man. You ready for tennis? I'm ready for some tennis. Let's talk about some tennis. All right. All right. The quick story. The short version. Yeah. Right. Borger beat Caprock 10 to 9. Woohoo. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's talk about the long story. Okay. Well, here's the long version. Okay, we'll break it down. Uh, we had individual wins in doubles from Leif Nelson and Alex De La Torre, Addison McMurtry and Destiny Jimenez, Lauren Escobar and Bryn Hayes, and Dylan McMurtry and Ashley Sacedo. So we got we got wins in doubles there. We got wins in singles from Dylan McMurtry, Addison McMurtry, Miriam Lopez, and Destiny Jimenez. And so, uh, a quick story here. Yeah. Lauren Escobar, right? Her match count was tied, tied all up at nine. Okay. Tied all up at nine. Yeah. Lauren, she went into the second set tiebreaker. So, we're tied with Caprock at that we point. We were tied with Caprock nine at that apiece. point. Yeah. And so. It all comes down to Lauren. Yeah. So, she goes into a second set tiebreaker. E. She went down one to three, but she comes back. And she wins eight to six to clinch the team victory. That is some guts yeah, right there. Yeah, that's some guts right there. Digging in, holding your ground, coming back, winning it for the team. And that win gives us the 10-9 victory over Caprock. Yeah. Had a girl, Lauren. Great job there over there. Go. Great job overall, tennis team. Yeah. How about you tell us a little bit about uh, cross country? Oh, wait, no, golf. Yeah, let's talk let's about golf, golf first. first. I'll do golf. Yeah. So last Wednesday, the boys team actually finished second overall out of 15 teams at the Hereford Invitational. Uh, our top placer was George Golston, who had a great day on the course, finished second overall in his individual score. I didn't get what his score was, but I know he was second overall. And uh, that's a young man we're really proud of. He's playing two Sweet. sports at the same time. Yeah, he is. Not only am I announcing him on golf, I'm going to say his name a little bit here in football as well. Yeah. So when they talk about multi-sport athletes and you have to pick one or the other mm-hmm. here's a young man that's showing you don't have to do that he's doing two simultaneously yeah there you go yeah absolutely cross country results cross country yeah should we tell everybody our mess up last week on the yeah podcast? go ahead and tell them about it yeah, yeah. We, we, we were talking about their times and we we're like all confused because like it's like how these guys run three miles in eight minutes <laughs> It's <laughs> like so they should be in the Olympics or something. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. 2024 is coming up fast. Yeah, we got some runners. Fast. We got some Borger runners going to Paris. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, uh, how'd that work out? Those were those were their 
Those were their like mild breakdowns. Yeah, that was their, their split time. times. Those are split times. Okay, so that yeah. makes more, way more sense to me now. Yeah, I looked foolish on that one. No, no, that wasn't your fault. That was just uh, that was just funny. I think. So sorry, cross country boys. Y'all probably thought we were. <laughs> <laughs> well, just just like, what are they talking just about? Just how little you and I know about cross country. We and, and we should know more. It is the toughest sport out there. Three should miles. Should we know more? Yes, we should Do we know more. Like, I mean, if people were going to see us, they're going to go, those are two guys <laughs> who don't know a whole lot about running three miles Listen, at a time. Listen, I watch McFarland USA <laughs> at least once a year. It is inspirational to me. I don't it's even a, know what that is. What? I haven't seen that. You've never seen McFarland? No. What's it on? Disney Plus. Yo, is it? I have Disney Plus. I should watch it. <laughs> you listen. I'll go watch it. I'll watch it this week. This is what you're doing. Uh-huh. You're getting the kids, Sarah. Well, you can't do it this weekend because you're busy. But some point, you're getting them together, mm-hmm. popcorn, and you're going to watch Kevin Costner is oh, one of his greatest roles Costner? of all time. I can't watch Kevin Costner movies. McFarlane USA. No, you'll have to. It's good. <sighs> you won't regret it. I promise you won't regret That's it. That's why I don't know what it is. It's because it's Kevin Costner. It's it's a great storyline. Okay. It's got coaching. It has long distance running. It has immigration. And it has learning about quinceaneras. All in the same movie. <laughs> okay. You're going to love it. I'll check it out. Yeah. See how long I can stomach Kevin Costner. <laughs> he just, he's, he's the same person in every movie. Is it Waterworld? Is that what it's, threw you off? Is it Waterworld? No, Kevin, Kevin Costner is just, he's Kevin Costner in everything he's in. What about Yellowstone? Eh. <laughs> I honestly haven't watched a lot of Yellowstone. Okay. I've seen, I see the clips of it. I've seen clips of it. So. You don't need to watch yeah. McFarland. You won't okay. need to see anything right. else. I'll watch McFarland. It'll be good. All right. Uh, coming up, we got cross country. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Got sidetracked there. Yeah. So, so 14 teams competed in the Wolf Creek Classic in Perryton this last weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, the varsity girls, Julia Stevens was 37th with a time of 1544. Lila Breedlove was 38th with a time of 1550. And London Salinas and Breeley Nail finished 41st and 42nd respectively with times of 1604 and 1609. Uh, so varsity boys. Varsity boys couldn't find their times. We couldn't, couldn't find their, their times. times. We looked on athletic.net, didn't get uploaded. Um, so I know we'll have some disappointed guys, Isaiah, Charlie, and Matthew, and all them. But you know what? As yeah. soon as we find it, we'll give you a yeah, shout yeah. out. Yeah, maybe we'll post it on the website or something. And plus, you got something coming up this Facebook. weekend. Give us some good info, and we can talk about that on the come up. What's coming up? Yeah, what's coming up? What's coming up? Uh, coming up this, this week, we got a lot coming up. <clears throat> we've got tennis on September 14th is at Hereford and on September 16th they're at Canyon and those are both district matchups yeah so we're going to be really interested to see what happens at those yeah absolutely uh, we'll got make sure to give you guys updates on what happens at those uh, volleyball on Saturday September 16th they'll be against Perryton here at home and then on Tuesday September 19th they'll be at Right back here at home against Canyon as well. Yeah, and both of those are district yeah, matchups those as are well. Ma- district so matchups too. We'll want to fill up the gym, get out there, and support the yeah. Lady Bulldogs in volleyball. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we've got cross country. The Canadian Invitational is in Canadian Texas. Is that this weekend? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. So, uh, yeah, and then we've got football. We're going to review the La Mesa game, and we're going to talk about the upcoming matchup with Bushland here. In a little bit. Yeah. Um, after the commercial break. Speaking of football. Yeah. Sunday. 
Sunday. Sunday some good football. football was played on Sunday. It was the first first NFL Sunday. I got some news for you. The Dallas Cowboys won with the largest shutout victory in franchise history, throttling the New York Giants. 40 to 0. There you go. I'd like to say it was competitive, but it doesn't sound like it really was. It's probably your uh, Dallas Cowboy high spot of the season. And you know what? <laughs> it's I've had so many people say such negative things to me about the Dallas Cowboys, and I can't believe it because they they really did do a good job. But I can't believe some of the things that they're saying. Here's a couple of the worst things that they were saying. First off, what they can't say anymore is you can't say, what do the Dallas Cowboys and a Chick-fil-A manager have in common? <laughs> right. <laughs> Neither show up to work on Sunday. Sure. You can't say that anymore. Yeah. Because they did. For or what? what do the Dallas Cowboys in the post office have in common? Right. Neither deliver on Sundays. Sure. You can't say that anymore after a performance right. like that. Now, I didn't watch the whole game. Well, I don't think many people did. But, but as a Cowboy hater. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to play the other side here. Yes. My thing, if, well, I watched most of the game. Dak Prescott didn't have to do a whole lot. And at some point, Dak Prescott, if you're going to go all the way, mm-hmm. Dak Prescott is going to have to lead the Dallas Cowboys to victory. And I don't know if he can do it. I'm not saying he can't. Sure. I, just, I just don't know if he can. I don't have much faith in Dak Prescott, personally. Why did Dak Prescott cross the road? Why? There was a hospital on the other side. <laughs> he had to get to the hospital. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Him and Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> anyway. Moving on. We're not talking about Moving last yeah, night. Yeah, we're not an NFL Moving podcast. On. We are not an NFL we're podcast. We're not talking about Monday Night Football this yeah, week. Yeah, our level of expertise is not a... Not at the level where we can break down NFL games. There are some really rampant fans in this area. Sure. And they will break you down with some stats and highlights, and they will tell you about their team. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back after this commercial break. We'll be right back, and we'll uh, break down the Borger and Lamisa game. We would like to thank the Plumlee Real Estate Group. Plumlee Real Estate Group is the official sponsor of the Borger Sports Podcast. Are you looking to sell your current home or property or on the hunt for your dream home? Look no further than Plumlee Real Estate Group. Plumlee Real Estate Group is your trusted partner in finding the perfect property for you and your family or selling your current home in the competitive real estate market. Plumlee Real Estate Group's agents, Jodina Plumlee, Lindsay Vinson, and Mike Lynn Reese, understand that buying or selling a home is a significant decision, and they are here to make the process as smooth and stress-free as possible. Plumlee Real Estate Group's team of dedicated and knowledgeable agents will guide you every step of the way from listing your home or browsing listings to closing the deal. Join the many satisfied homeowners and sellers who have worked with Plumlee Real Estate Group. Contact Plumlee Real Estate Group online today at plumleegroup.kw.com to schedule a consultation. Plumlee Real Estate Group is brokered by Keller Williams of Amarillo. And we're back. We're back. Border Bulldogs versus the La Mesa Tornadoes this last Friday night 
at Bulldog Stadium. Michael, you were there in the booth I was with there. me. Every, the whole freaking town was there, man. That's right. Dude, it was packed. It was homecoming night for the Border Bulldogs yeah. after being away for two games. And the La Mesa Golden Tornadoes came to a packed crowd yeah. at Bulldog Even Stadium. Even for a homecoming game, that was a lot of people. Oh, it was. Uh, that's the most people I've seen in there. And you know, a lot of standing room. Yeah. A lot of people along the fence line. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know we had our fans going over to the visitors concession stand mm-hmm. just because of the long lines yep. that were there. You know, I don't know. We may have to go to some sort of digital ordering system for your <laughs> quesadillas for just next time. Get some Chick Fil A. Get some Chick Fil A to work. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about the game. So, right. starting out with the first half, uh, Lamisa got the ball first, and they came out in the flex bone option offense, um, really mm-hmm. trying to utilize the run. And you could tell early on from the first drive what their game plan was going to be. Yeah. It was going to be slow. It was going to be methodical. They were going to try to chip away at you. Um, even in that first drive, you and I commented on the quarterback. He was waiting for the play clock yeah. to be under 10 seconds before he would yeah, snap the ball. It might have been like five. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's probably – they saw what happened in the River Road game. They saw how quickly we could strike mm-hmm. uh, with points. They had to try to slow this game down right. and make it a battle of attrition. And honestly, it did not work it out. It did on not their work end. <laughs> It did not. Uh, so they drove the ball down. They had a pretty decent drive for the first, but the defense came up big at the end, held them on a fourth and eight from the 18 yard line mm-hmm. and to an incomplete pass. We get the ball back after that. And so Borger's first drive get an outstanding 30-yard reception by Jaden Daniels running up the near hash mark, jumps up over the defender, grabs the ball, comes back down for the first down. Unfortunately, JD would exit the game after that yeah. with an injury. Yeah. And so I know Early. we're all wishing him a quick recovery from yeah. whatever's going on and, and hopefully we'll see him back soon cuz he's had a great season so he has, far. Yeah. Had a great season. His athleticism really helped us out a lot. Uh, But we had some excellent running on the first drive, and that was pretty much the story of the game. Avery Adami, Adolfo Heredia both ran the ball very well. Had a reception by George Golston, who put the Bulldogs on the four-yard line. And then we had a fourth down attempt go sour when we had a drop ball in the end zone. So great drive ended up with a sour note turnover Mm -hmm. on downs for the Bulldogs. Lamisa gets the ball back. Uh, they have a big 45-yard run. The defense is playing good. We are giving up a play here and there, but we're playing good. Um, I think, you know, we gotta we got to be able to see things like when a guard and tackle pull. You know, typically with a defensive end or a linebacker, when you're a little kid, you're looking for the ball carrier. As you get older, you're going to start seeing the lineman pull to the direction of where the ball is going to go. You know, I think we're still adjusting a little bit to that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but... Uh, once we get that down, it's going to help us a lot of the way. Um, you know, can't jump out of the way of that block. You got to attack it with your with your inside shoulder. Try to minimize uh, the holes that are opening up. We got to wrap up in those kind of. Uh, you know, those long yards, I think there's a couple of times we're still just trying to throw our elbow or throw a shoulder into a, a runner hoping to knock them down, wrap them wrap up, them up. bring them yeah. down, um, you know, little things like that. Uh, that drive did finish with a 13-yard run by number 47, Benito Barrios. And I don't know if it was his brothers or cousins. There were several Barrios kids on yeah, that. Yeah, Lamisa, that roster was full of them. And they were tough. Mm-hmm. They were tough kids. I think Pedro was their quarterback. Uh, but Benito was a big back, and he ran it into the end zone. They went for the two-point conversion, no good. Great play by Abdel Lozano to tackle the runner before they went in. Mm-hmm. So Lamisa jumps out to an early 6-0 lead. Uh, but the Bulldogs strike back. Uh, 
Right after that, they get the ball back, and they strike back with a 48-yard screen pass to Avery Adami up the far side of the field. And, man, he was moving. He was. He was. I, I thought for sure the safety was going to cut him off before he I got to the too. end zone. Yeah, but no, he made it. Yeah, he beat him out to the to the end zone and, and got the Borger score. Extra points good. So then the Bulldogs take the lead 7-6 to six with three minutes left. And then Lamisa gets the ball back. They have a drive, but it's stopped by an interception uh, taken away by Bryson Leonaris on the Bulldog 25-yard line. And then we start a drive, but just run out of time right before the half. So we're going into half Mm -hmm. ahead in this game, 7-6. to What are your thoughts at halftime, Michael? I just thought um, they did a good job. Uh, Lamisa did of taking a lot of time off the clock. Mm -hmm. They did. Um, And it was – the. You know, I was like, it was a short first half. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, I thought, man, this I'm, I'm going to be home early tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was running. The clock but was running the, continuously. The clock was running. Uh, but um, also, I also thought, you know, we missed a couple couple of opportunities on our end to to kind of kind of take the lead. You know, I just felt like, ah, and, and, you know, just, again, you're talking about hitting with the shoulder and not wrapping up. Sure. You know? it, that was the one thing that was really sticking out with me as I was watching the first half. Was like, oh, wrap, wrap up, tackle. Yeah. yeah, you know, for me personally, sure, that's yeah. a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> I mean, you even see it in the NFL, I'm yelling, I'm yelling at the TV like, tackle a guy. <laughs> sure, yeah, and I think that's that's probably <laughs> part of what they they get some of these ideas from. And I think it's sure. it's habits that coaches across the nation are battling with. Oh yeah, is teaching a kid how do you properly tackle now? And tackling has changed. It's changed over the last 20, 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And so the technique of that um but no, I w- I would say you're not you're not far off from what every defensive coach in right. the country probably feels yeah, like. Yeah, for sure. But. Yeah. So we go into the second half here and we get the ball to start off the second half. Avery Adami takes a 64-yard run down to the five-yard line. And from there, our QB, KJ, takes it in from five yards out, running over a linebacker in mm-hmm. the process, I think just to send a message. Yeah, yeah. And gets in for the touchdown. The extra point is good. The Bulldogs take a 14-6 to lead at that point. Yeah, great quick score. Absolutely. Lamisa gets the ball back, but their first handoff goes wry as it is turned over when Dominic Esparza, the cornerback, strips and recovers the ball right on the Lamisa 45-yard line. The Bulldogs have it, and they are building momentum at this point. Caden Jennings comes in and scores from 19 yards out on the quarterback keeper, and that puts the Bulldogs up 21-6 to at that point. Mm-hmm. We're going to fast forward a little bit here to the fourth quarter. Lamisa finally benefits from a couple of penalties and a couple of breakaways and scores from two yards out, and they make the game 28-12. to 12. Um, Again, we had one of those little breakaways. The quarterback was dead to rights, gets away from just a hand tackle, and he ended up keeping the drive alive. Yeah. So penalties. they just get some extra points on the board. And we did get a couple of penalties there. I want to say we had like a offsides or something like that. Wasn't one of them like a light hit out of bounds, something like that? I don't know. I was watching up in the booth through the binoculars so mm-hmm. on the other side of the field, but I was watching with binoculars. Yeah. I, looked kind of iffy to me. It was not legit. But yeah. Whatever. His momentum was carrying him through. Whatever. Yeah. And yeah, they did. the momentum of the play was just sure. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. You'll see that. <clears throat> but I will say this it didn't, it didn't let them. Uh, it didn't break down the Bulldogs any anymore after that, because uh, then you see uh, 
another drive here that's going to go in our favor. We're doing really well. We get down to the end zone uh, in the red zone area. We throw an interception. I think we tried to force it in traffic a little bit there. Let me see. It's an interception in their end zone, but that's when you really start to see them implode. They got chances here, but they're imploding. They do a three and out, and I haven't seen one of these. I don't know, (laughs) maybe since Tri-City Youth Football. But then they have a punt, and it's the oddest thing in the world because Pedro Barrios, number seven, who Mm -hmm. was the quarterback, he's standing back there, and he's probably 10 yards deep, and they snap the ball, and he doesn't even look like he's looking at it. Right. It hits him in the hands or in the leg, and he (laughs) – yeah, he, he wasn't ready. No, no one was ready for it. I no. think the center got a little happy and snap happy, and he snapped it yeah. back there. So he picks it up and as quickly as he can because he knows a bulldog rush is fixing to come. He punts the ball in the air, <laughs> and he immediately looks straight up, and it's rotating the wrong direction right. backwards, yeah. <laughs> and it falls and bounces backwards for a negative one net gain on the punt. Yeah. I've never seen that before, I don't think. Yeah, I used, I think I saw that in third grade one time, but I haven't seen it since then. And, you know, poor guy, it was just, it was a long night for him, and the punt didn't work out in his favor. No, it But not. it did put the Bulldogs in good scoring position. Sure did. And Avery Adami ends up scoring from six yards out and extends the lead. Borger 35, Lamisa 12. On the ensuing kickoff, another... You know, one of these kind of plays that you don't see happen very often. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on the ensuing kickoff, Chepas kicks the ball down to around the 15-yard line. The return man runs up to feel the ball but misses it, yeah. and it bounces past him. And it's not going out of bounds. No. <laughs> and so the guy on the end of the line, number 11, Aiden, Aiden Gardenas, he is sprinting down the Bulldog sideline. And him and the returner are both going after it. And they dive for the ball, but neither one of them get it. It bounces up into the red area of the end zone where Deshaun Speed was following from the Bulldogs kickoff team. Pounces on it, and the Bulldogs get the touchdown. You can even tell the sideline judge had to think about it for a second. He's like, what just happened? He's like, what just happened? (laughs) His hands go up in the air with the hallelujahs, and it's a Bulldog touchdown. He's like, I think that's a touchdown. (laughs) (laughs) So Deshaun. Sean got his first touchdown of the season, and Borger went up 42, Lamisa 12, and that ended up being the final score of the game. And so, Mike, do you want to go over some of the stats yeah, from the game? Yeah, let's go over some of the stats. It was a good game. The Bulldogs had 306 yards of rushing overall. Mm-hmm. It's just strong run game all night from the Bulldogs. Um, Avery, he, Avery Adame, he had 17 carries for 206 yards and two touchdowns. And I want to say Avery is one of Amarillo Globe News is, yes. uh, Player of the Week he this sure week. Is. We've had one every single week. We've we have. had notable players mm-hmm. every single week. Yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. And Coach Hamrick, too, he is uh, with Dave Campbell's. Is that it? It's, uh, he's one of their coaches of the week this week. 4A, so, coach, 4A coach of, of the, the week. week. Yeah, so. I actually messaged him about that, and I was like, you know, I sent him a screenshot of it, and I just put the word stud underneath there. <laughs> and his reply was so Coach Hamrick. You know, it was just like it takes a lot of stud to accomplish. He said it takes a lot of studs to accomplish something like this. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> He's not going to take it for himself. Sure. He's going to point it to the other studs, sure. you know. Sure. Well, anyway, KJ, mm-hmm. Caden Jennings, he rushed for two TDs himself. Yeah. So, you know, uh, defense, though. 
You want to talk about the defense a little bit? Yeah, let's talk about the defensive side. Great game, I felt like, on the defense. Mason Mangum led the way with 10 tackles, two solo tackles. Sean Wilson from the defensive end position, nine tackles. Jace Downs and Lincoln Honaker both had seven tackles. I want to say Jace had three solo tackles. Mm -hmm. Bryson Leonardo had two tackles and a key interception. And then Isaiah Padilla down on the D-line, three tackles, and one of those was a sack on Pedro Barrios. Mm -hmm. Uh, Defensively, we held La Mesa to 243 total yards and 43 passing yards yeah. on that end. So, good day. Yeah, good it was a good day game. for the defense. Yeah, yeah, that uh, should have looked even better statistically if had the refs not bailed them out there on that drive. Like they scored that extra six points, but I'll, I'll shut up about that. <laughs> I can say stuff like that. Yeah, you can. You can't, but I, I can't say. I gotta be. <laughs> I'll say it for us. I'll be the voice. You're going to be uh, my voice. I'll be the voice of referee frustration. (laughs) (laughs) That's my cross to bear. Okay. All right. Uh, So what are are the takeaways? What are your takeaways uh, from the game, from this game? All right. So takeaways here. Been thinking about this. Number one, I think the defense is finding their footing. They are flying to the ball. They are playing aggressive football. We're seeing strips we are seeing sacks uh we are hitting with aggression um you know and i think uh mason is is really doing a great job from the linebacker position he is not giving up him and jacoby both they're not giving up a lot of yards up the middle they are pounding and right. doing that and so the the defense is really finding their footing and playing a great bulldog defense uh it, it, you know that aggressive style of defense where we want to hit people and so they're doing a great job with that uh, the run game is quickly becoming a strength, and we've seen that now over the last few games here. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, I agree. you know between Avery, KJ running the ball, Adolfo's gotten in there and gotten to run the ball a little bit. Um, you know they are they are definitely benefiting from a much improved play from our offensive line. You know we talked at that Denver City game how we looked a little bit uh, passive with the offensive line, much more aggressive. I saw several pancake blocks. Uh, they are they are. They're trying to find and really finding um, their drive to really want to demolish a defensive team. Mm -hmm. And so doing a good job with the run game. And, And then multiple attacks of targets. One of the things I was thinking about. Specifically with KJ, you know, KJ did not have a ton of passing yards. He didn't need to in this game. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he was like around 140 yards passing, something like that. Pretty accurate. I want to say it was like only three or four incomplete passes for the entire game. But what I'm impressed with is the multiple points of target. Six different receivers got receptions all throughout the game. You know what I'm saying? And so between the multiple receivers that can make a play, between your running backs that are coming in and making plays between your quarterback that can do different things it, it's it's becoming a versatile offense through a very um good young mind in offense in Bo Dickinson yeah it's becoming a lethal weapon and so those are my takeaways look it looked really good this yeah. week yeah yeah it was a great win big absolutely. win just a fun game to be at too oh yeah Absolutely. Yeah. It was homecoming night. Yeah. Everyone was in a great mood. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? The kids had a great time. Congratulations to Camila Shiyosaki. Great young lady. She was crowned as the homecoming queen. Very mm-hmm. sweet. She's a soccer player, so I'm sure we'll be talking about her during soccer season. But all right. overall, fantastic night at Bulldog Stadium. Yeah, it was yep. a great night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So coming up next game, Borker Bulldogs are taking on the Bushland Falcons. Tell us a little bit about Bushland, yeah. Michael. Bushland, uh, Friday night, we're playing Bushland 
It's at Bushland. So it's so another away game, Friday night at 7 p.m. Uh, Bushland's coming off of a 42-13 win over Childress. Mm-hmm. They're 2-1 and one on the year with only one loss to Canadian. So uh, they've got a, they have a spread attack offense. Yeah. Um, uh, Dawson Jaco. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Dawson Jaco, their quarterback. Uh, and he's... He's a stud, I think. He does a good job. Yeah, he does. He he you know, he can pass the ball, but where he's really effective is running the ball. They'll yeah. spread out they'll mm-hmm. spread the field so they can run the ball. Sure. They're one of those types of teams. And so they'll have huge massive splits between their big offensive linemen and Dawson's good at both. He'll throw the ball on you, but really he's effective at running it, finding those gaps and trying to exploit your defense. And so we're gonna have to play some very sound fundamental football mm-hmm. uh this week. Yeah, and their defense too. But they held Childress to only what sixty-two yards rushing. Yeah, last week they're so. tough. They're a tough defense. So I'm anxious to see what the running game of the Bulldogs is going to look like against the run defense yeah. of the Falcons. Yeah. I think it's going to be a good matchup. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a good, good, good test. It'll be a great test. Yeah. All right, we're there, man. This is what everybody's been waiting for. All They've been long. waiting all episode long just to get to this point. Yeah. I'll let you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'll so, let you kind of announce. All right, yeah, our winner. Yeah, and sure. I'll talk a little bit you about. You talk about him. Yeah. yeah. All right. So our winner. This is it. The hardest hitting bulldog of all time. The toughest dog in the yard. With forty two percent of the vote. Kevin McKinney. Kevin McKinney. Yes. Absolutely. So 42% of the vote, Kevin McKinney graduated from Border High School in 1983, where I know he was named top dog uh, for the football team. He then went on to play football at Southern Methodist University, SMU, the Mustangs, underneath Bobby Collins, and he graduated there in 1988. Now, I I think that he was there during that infamous death penalty scandal that Mm -hmm. ended up canceling their season in 1987. And so I, I... you know, I've been wondering as I've been looking some of this up and thinking about it, you know, rumors, I remember rumors being about him looking at transferring to Arizona, okay. maybe to finish out his career. I don't know if that actually happened. I need to talk to U of Josh. A ASU? I think it was U of A. Okay. Down I, there in Tucson. Yes. Down in Tucson. Yeah. So I need to talk to Josh or Marlene and see if he actually did transfer. But yeah, he was on that offensive line with Dave Richards. Um, that was just, that was back when SMU was a powerhouse and, and Kevin was one of those offensive linemen that in high school, when he pulled, you did not want to be on the receiving end of that block. <laughs> he would just absolutely pound people. I remember, I think it was Coach Loftus talking about how he saw him just hit a outside linebacker or a cornerback and just knocked him into next Tuesday. He was mm. just one of those kind of bull rushing linemen that would just take care of you and just flatten you on your back. Um, But I need to get some information about that transfer to Arizona, if that actually happened or not. But he was a standout at both places, both at Borger High School and at SMU, and also played in the senior all-star game in Japan. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, he passed away in 1995 in an unfortunate accident. Um, But he'll always be remembered for his heart for the game, uh, his heart for the community. And I know he's got a lot of family still in this community. Yeah. And they all, you know, everyone still holds him in very high regard. So Mm -hmm. congratulations to Kevin McKinney and the McKinney family. Congratulations. Hardest hitter, hardest dog and toughest dog in the yard. Yeah. Hardest hitter of all time. Yeah, it's awesome. So Uh, 
If y'all like this, we'll we'll talk about it. Leave us a message, something like that. If you like that, we'll consider future polls for the few. You know, what else do we want to look at? Yeah, we may want to do the toughest spiker of all time. For sure, best three point shooter of all time. We could probably find the statistics on that one. Maybe you know that one might be easy. That probably we'll only do goes back to the. <laughs> When did they have? When did they institute three point shooting in high school? Probably in like the late eighties. Probably something like something that. Like that. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, that was fun. It was well, fun I was just throwing it. some out there. I didn't actually mean yeah. three point shooting. Well, I know, I know. Best free throw percentage. Yeah, best free throw percentage. Uh, we could do like best burger coach of all time. Oh, stuff like that. You know, we could do. Anyway, that. Send us some suggestions if you got something. Yeah, you want send us, us to some suggestions. There. You know, we may not do a poll like every week, but we'll spread them out and. Keep them going. It's a fun thing to do, I think. Yeah, shoot us a message on our social media or to our email address. What's some new polls you'd like to see coming up in the future? Yeah. All right. I think that's it for this week. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, we'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Borger Sports Podcast. Thanks again to our official sponsor, Plumley Real Estate Group. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram to join the conversation. And feel free to contact us with any comments, questions, or advertising inquiries at borgersportspod at gmail.com. It would also be a huge help if you would subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. And make sure you give us a five-star rating as well. The Borger Sports Podcast is hosted by Michael Kano, and mixed and produced by me, Michael Williams. Once again, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.